This is arguably the most exciting time ever in existence to be a fan of toy pizza, a squire of the slice, a collector of the Knights of the Slice toy line. There is so much going on all at the same time. My cup runneth over. We have some fantastic questions today, but I'm going to get right into the State of the Union because it is incredibly exciting. The Goss Armor figure. It exists. It very much exists. There are the very first test shots. They are available uh, for my viewing pleasure, for my building pleasure. Now, at the time this is recorded, I have not actually held these in my hands, but they're here in the United States, and I'm going to go and I'm going to see them firsthand with our good friend Matt Dowdy, and we're going to review this thing top to bottom. And it's kind of pointless to say that because by the time you're listening to this, I've already got my hands on these beauties. But I can tell you, just from the photos alone, this thing has exceeded my expectations already. There was a very big question mark over whether we could get this right, if the parts would work, if everything would come together as intended. And so far, from where I'm standing, it appears we have accomplished that. So I'm super excited. Uh, We have... Launching at any moment, the pre-order opportunity for patrons only. What you're going to be able to do is, okay, so I've sort of shown my hand. There is going to be an action figure of the Millennia Club version of the Goss Armor. That's probably not a surprise to anybody. Right now, we're looking, we're trying, we're fighting very hard to make that the May and June figure combo. So if you're a patron already at the $30 or $50 level, you're going to be getting one of these exclusive Goss figures. And I'm gonna play my hand a little bit here and give you a peek. This is going to be a Goss figure in a translucent color. Now, I'm really uh, unveiling way more than I normally do for the action figure of the Millennia Club, but I want people to understand what they're gonna get and entice and induce people to maybe consider making a bonus purchase, which is gonna be available to you. So. If you're a patron uh, and you're at the $30 or $50 tier and you want to add on another version of this mystery transparent version of the Goss, you can go ahead and do that. There's going to be a sale link available to you. And I'll tell you what, go nuts. You want to add five of this transparent Goss armor figure? Go for it. Uh, It is worth noting that this version of the Goss, as well as the other one, which I'm going to review and uh, lay out for you momentarily, These are both unpainted figures. These should be considered prototypes. These are essentially first shots in many regards before we move into production for the fully painted figures. So there's no surprises there. Uh, People who have been following my work for a long time know that the first opportunity you get for a figure is going to largely be this prototype state with no paint. Uh, So that's exciting. If you're already a member of the Patreon at those levels, you're getting one you want to add on a couple more, you can go for it. The timing of production has lined up perfectly so that I can sort of order exactly how much I need. Now, the AFOTM transparent version of the Goss is not going to be offered publicly. If you're not a Patreon member, I don't know what to tell you. It's it's exclusive to these folks, and the likelihood you get your hands on it if you're not a member is pretty small. The good news is you can become a Patreon member currently for free. That's right. There is a ambassador Patreon 
pilot program that I'm part of, and they have granted me this ability to comp subscription. So you can sign up and register for free, and that's uh, not really asking very much from you. And uh, if you do that, you will have access to this pre-order as well. I would, however, encourage you to become a $5 Patreon member because the $5 goes a long way into all of the storytelling, all of the comic book, all of the artists that I hire. Your $5 helps mitigate that extreme expense and helps me to churn out more toys, more stories, more comics, more podcasts. So that is what I would suggest to you. I think that's a pretty fair trade-off and you're going to have access to a lifetime of content the second you do that. There's literally hundreds and hundreds of podcasts, uh, unreleased images, all sorts of behind-the-scenes stuff. So you need to do that. I think that's, that's the good thing to do. Now, I'm not just content to allow people to order as many as they would like of this transparent Goss version. I'm also going to have a second version. This is, again, a prototype version, unpainted. And I'm not going to say much more than that, other than it is what I consider to be a, a pretty interesting take on a first look at a brand new action figure. This one is not transparent. It will be sort of opaque colors. Maybe it's a gimmicky type plastic. Who knows? But this will be a public offering item at some point. And again, patrons can order as many as they would like. I'm going to sort of put it out there. Let's see how big Goss can make in terms of an impact. You guys are in a rare position. I really don't do a ton of pre-orders, and I certainly don't do a pre-order that is exactly what my production run will be, but I'm going to let you all decide how many you want of these two styles. Now, if you're a patron, you're not getting this second style. Let's call it Prototype 2. Prototype 2 is an additional purchase, but you can purchase as many as you would like. Prototype 2 and Prototype 1, the action figure of the Millennia Club version, will both ship together. Right now, we're looking at a mid-June ship date. This could, however, change. This brings me to my next disclaimer. As I just said, action figure of the Millennia Club traditionally has shipped the first week of the second month. In June, we are shipping mid to late of the month. It is not going out at the beginning of the month. I think typically we're every five weeks we're sending out a parcel of two figures for the higher tiers. That's not the case here because we are literally stepping into production almost immediately. Things are, you, when you get these figures, they could still be hot from the machines. That's how quickly we are sort of putting the order in and getting the goods and rolling them out to you. So if you feel like, hey, I haven't seen an AFOTM package in a while, just remind yourself of that fact. This is a month that's shipping a bit later than previous parcels, but it will absolutely be worth it. Not to mention, guys, you're not just getting Goss. You're getting a whole nother figure as your May figure. And that one is pretty fantastic as well. I haven't even talked about that one yet, but it is a sort of classic style of a Knight of the Slice figure. And uh, it goes really well with the Goss AFOTM Prototype 1. So... You got that to look forward to as well. You, you Literally, your inbox is going to be crammed full of brand new toys, and you're going to lose your mind, and it's a very exciting time. So just, I don't know, hang in there, man. It's, it's going to be great. It's all going to be worth it. So those sound like two pretty fantastic deals, but guess what, motherfucker? I'm not done. I got a third 
deal for you. You ready for this motherfucking shit right here, man? I don't even like swearing. I know little kids listen to this podcast, but I am amped up, and I'm not chemically amped up. I know I sound a little manic, but, you know, that's some residual mental health issues I've been dealing with my whole life. Just uh, let's ride this wave out here. There's a lot to be legitimately excited about. You got your AFOTM Prototype Version 1, a transparent Goss figure. Order as many as you like. You got Prototype Number 2. This is going to be possibly available in the store and be opaque colors, possibly a gimmick-style plastic. I should also say Prototype 2 has some significance for followers of the Patreon that have been there since the beginning, but the less I say about that, the better. But what else? You want more. You want something bigger. You want something more ambitious. Well, momentarily, I'm going to be launching this really great comic story on the Patreon called Meet Me at the Black Satellite. And we've heard of the Black Satellite quite a bit over the past couple years as this sort of background evil entity that has been floating above the Earth. And it's been mentioned a few times. We've had a few cameos of certain characters from the Black Satellite, but it has never been answered what the hell is the Black Satellite Who runs the Black Satellite? What is the purpose of it? All of that is going to be revealed with this mini-comic strip that will be on the Patreon. I have some really wonderful artwork from Nobby Wood. I'm just about to sit down and start coloring it and adding some accent to it. And this is going to roll out quite a bit of stuff, but more importantly, this is going to make available and give context to a special four-pack you can order. So, what's in the four-pack? In the four-pack is going to be action figure of the millennia, Goss Prototype 1. You're going to have Goss Prototype 2. You're going to have a brand new character called Monroe. You don't know anything about him yet, but you're about to meet him. And then a fourth figure, Final Rex. And I'm not going to expand or elaborate upon that. But this is a very important version of Rex, as I'm sure you can imagine. So, if you are a Patreon member at $30 or $50, you're already getting some gosses. Maybe you want to go for this four-pack, which is jumbo-filled with tons of parts and really crucial, interesting characters that are going to sort of flesh out the goss armor, where it comes from, the setting, all of this stuff. It's pretty important So, if you've been saving your pennies, you might want to consider augmenting your action figure of the Millennia Club parcel with this mega bundle. I think it's pretty interesting, and truthfully, I'm only making 40 of them. There's only 40 of these bundles. We have over 200 patrons, so I assume this might sell out pretty quickly. But it's something to consider. Now, if you order the bundle and you already are a higher tier Patreon member, you're going to end up with at least two Goss, but I think that's pretty good. And I think that these figures may become pretty hard to come by and might be valuable in terms of trading later on or finding new things. So that's kind of where we stand right now with the Goss and the pre-order and what I have planned. This this comic story is going to blow your mind. It's really, truly crucial and important. Um, the only other thing I would say is that I'm trying very hard to coordinate a release for the Goss Armor, a painted release for the Goss Armor, at Toy Pizza Con, which will be July 15th in Beacon, New York. I would love for you guys to come in person, come visit. It'll be a lot of fun. There's going to be a card slicer tournament and lots of prizes and things like that. But that will likely be the next area of focus for myself after 
we get this June shipment out the door. I think that's the next opportunity for my personal entries into the Goss Armor. So that's a loose calendar. Now, all of this is subject to change. I could end up canceling any of these ideas at the last moment if if uh, shipping or production or any adverse uh, conditions interfere with this plan. But that's what I got laid out, and that's what I got going on for you. So heed all of that information. It's super important. I know I'm, I'm spitting very rapid fire, but uh, if you saw the pictures I saw today, you would be losing your mind in the same respect. I, I really think we've done something special here, and I'm super excited. Let me go take a deep breath. I'm going to come back, and we're going to talk about Card Slicers and the Jagged Age. Okay, Card Slicers, the Jagged Age, like I just said in the last segment. Uh, This is also part of the reason I'm so excited, because as of the recording of this, the first pictures of people receiving their Jagged Age expansion sets have shown up online. We already got a, a really healthy, robust trading thread going on in the Discord. People posting their duplicates, working out deals. That's what I love to see. Uh, this Jagged Age set represents the culmination of work from a ton of different artists and many, many man hours and women hours and non-binary hours in formulating this next chapter in the Card Slicer saga. I love this game. I, I can honestly say for the first time, I, I am proud of this work, and I think it's fantastic. A lot of the time, I can't see the forest for the trees when I'm working on a project. It's not till other people get it and it's shipped that I can kind of take a breath and appreciate it. Uh, there's a very funny Twitch stream, which admittedly is not filmed in the best manner, but uh, Dan and I playing this brand new Jagged Age set, and uh, we had a wonderful time. All the new rules and the game meta work really well and give it much more a much more dynamic sort of flair. And uh, it's everything I hoped it would be. Again, we have these two long gestating projects coming to fruition at the same time and both of them exceeding my personal feelings towards what the, the final execution would be. Um, I'm super psyched on the Jagged Age. It's also worth mentioning there's been uh, a serialized manga featuring the artwork of quite a few artists that I love very much. Renosa, Jules Lenahan, and Gobbly Prin. And uh, it's starting to heat up there, too. We're getting to the meat of this first issue of the manga, and people really seem to appreciate it. And it does inform the characters in the card game of the Jagged Age. We have a few Jagged Age-related questions in the Q&As today. I'm going to go over them. But uh, I would say I intend to have booster packs in stock as long as I can. I have a ton of uh, inventory and I will keep making those foil packs for people uh, as much as they want them. So uh, feel no amount of pressure for that. I don't have an unlimited amount of the core sets of the Jagged Age, but um, that is something I could easily reprint if my stock starts dwindling. But I didn't go as heavy as I did with the initial Jagged Age, uh, sorry, Card Slicer set. So at a certain point, that will probably sunset and we'll move on to whatever the next expansion may be for card slicers. I do have a favor to ask everybody. If you are a owner of any card slicers or if you are a uh, backer for the Jagged Age Kickstarter, this is a game and a portion of the business I want very much to attract 
new players and new users too. So you can do me a big help by getting on whatever social media you barely enjoy using and post photos of your cards. Uh, use the hashtag, the Jagged Age, Nice and Slice, Toy Pizza, Card Slicers, and just share with everybody how great these cards are. I think they're pretty phenomenal. And there are quite a few surprises within the selection of booster pack cards that are in circulation. So, um, again, I really love this game. I, I think also I would recommend checking out the rules and instructions document, which is a Google document everybody can access. There are QR codes on the foil packs and uh, pretty much any of the other starter packs. Familiarize yourself. There's been quite a few changes, and I think they're for the better to the game meta. And uh, you can go and do that, and you'll be much more sort of knowledgeable about uh, how the game works and what changes have been made. All of this is to say, we are preparing ourselves for the culmination at Toy PizzaCon 2023. There will be a round robin style card slicers tournament. I'm actually going to put out a document very soon so people can sign up for this because we want to have our matches all settled and ready to go prior to Toy PizzaCon. Our good friends Thomas Jonte and Sean Gordon are going to be running the, the uh, tournament. And uh, there just might be a couple special items available for purchase in the Card Slicers realm for people that enter the tournament. Maybe even a couple freebies. Who knows? I'm kind of putting those plans together right now as we speak. Just really briefly, I do want to touch on one game meta that is super important that I don't want people to miss. And I know reading a text document is not always the best way to communicate information. There are now rolling events within Card Slicers. And forgive me if I've already brought this up, but I think it's important. If you roll two sixes when you are doing your attack, you can draw a new artifact card. Pretty great, right? However, if you roll two ones, that is considered a fail, and you must discard a single artifact card. If you happen to have one of the early encounter cards, there's going to be a full encounter set coming soon. If you happen to have one of those, and you roll two threes, you pull an encounter card and you do whatever that card instructs. Now, not everybody's going to have an encounter card to start with, but we're going to get those ramped up and, and out to people pretty soon. So, now, rolling is not just for your attack, there are also other triggers that will test the might and the metal of your characters that you've selected. So it is important to have a varied selection of stats because these encounter cards are going to reflect upon that. It's also worth noting, it's only if you roll two of those combinations. If you roll three ones or four ones or five sixes, you've rolled a hell of a roll, but there is no additional triggering of a event. It is only for those specific combinations. Two ones, snake eyes, two threes, assuming you have encounter cards already, and two sixes. No other variable or combination of rolls does anything uh, event-wise, so please keep that in mind. But it's a very fun uh, sort of wrinkle we've added to the gameplay that uh, makes matches all the more exciting. And obviously it goes without saying, the previous limit of three artifact cards per game has been discarded. You can now 
amass as many artifact cards as you are lucky enough to roll sixes, I suppose. So that is Card Slicers. We've covered Goss Armor, we've covered Card Slicers, let's head into questions and answers. Okay, I'm going to attempt to do these Q&As as quickly as possible because I do have to leave for a music gig, quote-unquote, as real-life musicians say. So let's see if we can get through this. First, I'm going to start on the Top Secret Discord. You can gain access to this by being a patron at patreon.com slash This is a secure, troll-free, deep forest type of message board. We love it very much. Uh, Jack the Grin 3000 says, Lore question. Now that the... Sorry. Now that Radic has taken out Night Bugman, are the rest of the Bugmen aligned with the Qs? It seems there was a conflict, but loyalties were being put to the test with Saima, but with her demise, it looks like there's less glue holding the gang together. Plus, there was that one Q on Geoa. Is the Void Gear King and the gang's attack on Mars connected? Also, it looks like caster wands are unaffected by the vector crash slash apotheosis Alexander event. This is great. I love when people follow the lore to this level of specificity because as a very vain creative type, it fulfills me to see people living in the world to the extent that I do. And I really applaud this kind of behavior. This is great. This is what I like to see. So, um... There has to be a reckoning and a reconciliation between the Qs and the Bugmen and everything that's going on in their world. And I have not yet broached that topic, but it will have to happen at some point. Um, I think obviously the Qs are extending their reach beyond the Bugmen's world. I think there are going to be very real ramifications for this strife. Um, I would say that the allegiances are kind of up in the air at this point with Saima being dead and, you know, probably a good portion of the devotees of Saima feeling abandoned by her, which I, I think is a natural uh, sort of reaction. So how much the Qs can kind of capitalize on that and get together and take collective action is, is it's a big question mark right now. Now, because... This is sort of happening parallel to our main story following Rex and human earthling characters, for lack of a better word. We haven't done much uh, diving into that world, but there will be, like I said, a big reconciliation there. And uh, I think it, it will reverberate throughout all the worlds that we visited so far. So great line of questioning. I, I'm glad that you're still thinking about the cues and the, and the bug men, because I, I love that world and uh, I would love to do sort of more with it, time permitting. Um, we do, of course, have a queue that's on Geoa. And yes, as you pointed out, the Void Gear King is sort of mobilizing in a very similar fashion. And I think we can easily draw a line between these kind of rebel forces coalescing and pushing back against what would be sort of you know, uh, imperial earthling rule over these pockets. Um, so it is, a, it's sort of a, you know, this is a universe, an existence in flux, much like our own world in many ways. So uh, I do think that they are connected. I don't think that line has been drawn in any sort of story necessarily, but I like where your head's at. And that's definitely what I'm thinking as well. Uh, regarding Caster Wands, now this is very interesting. You know, 
the vector has been sort of, or I should say the main capillaries in which most people travel through the vector have been shattered, but there does seem to be vector activity. There are still beings and creatures crossing over from one level to the next, but I don't think we understand the full extent of that. I would say also that uh, you are correct. Caster wands are still active despite this super highway of the vector being shattered. So, you know, the caster wands are an incredibly mysterious artifact. We don't really understand every aspect of them. I don't know that any being of any level does. Uh, but they do seem to work in some respects, uh, despite this sort of main highway being gone for vector travel. So, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I think maybe a parallel we could draw would be exactly one of a highway. Like if you think of I-95 in Florida, this massive, you know, eight lane <laughs> monstrosity. If that got wiped out, you could still go from Palm Beach Gardens to Miami. It's just going to take you a hell of a lot longer time, right? So maybe the, one of the ways we could sort of think about the vector is in that regard. Alexander really becoming the apotheosis uh, now twice over has obviously shattered what would be the main way most people would travel, but clearly there is some level of accessibility that's still happening. And I wouldn't be surprised if the caster wands are a sort of catalyst for that. Next up from the Robot Assassin, can you please do a Resident Evil 4 stream for us where you fuck everything up with the infinite rocket launcher? Um, I would love to do that. I, I love the infinity rocket launcher. I really like the Resident Evil 4 uh, remake. I... The big question here is, will I have time to do that prior to Breath of the Wild 2 coming out? Because I tend to just lock on a single game, and I don't really go back. I don't play multiple games at the same time, uh, largely because I don't have a lot of discretionary time in which to play video games. So if uh, time permits prior to Breath of the Wild 2 coming out, which I think is days away from the recording of this, um, I will do it. If not... We might have to wait until I gain a second win and want to play Resident Evil 4 again. Next question from Charlie Pope. The guest cards for Card Slicers are my favorite. I love the Plunderland cards as they are one of my favorite toy lines, which I have not kept secret about. My question is, what is the possibility of more Plunderling collabs, either Card Slicers or otherwise? Um, you know, I don't want to tell tales out of school, but there's definitely been discussion about a full Plunderling's deck. Largely, that ball is in Plunderling's court. I would love to see it happen. Uh, I don't have any particular restrictions. I would play some of my good friends over there. So they just need to decide they want to do it, and maybe we can pull the Nobby Wood into this project so he could put his finishing touches on the cards, as I like to have happen. And uh, we could be off to the races. In fact, I will drop uh, our good friends a line and reignite this conversation because I, I would love to see a full Plunderlings deck. I think it would be great, and I'm sure they have more than enough artwork uh, in which to do that. Okay, back to our Patreon questions. We've got another RE4 question. Always happy to talk about Resident Evil. 
From our good friend Gordon McKinnon Hall, I just finished the RE4 remake recently, and while the graphics and gameplay are objectively better, I kind of miss some of the unintentional humor that came from the incredibly goofy dialogue of the original. Did you feel this way at all? What do you think of the merchant's British accent? Um, so, I, th- I think, like, the character of Leon is still pretty goofy, right? Like, I, I-, I don't... You-, <laughs> you can't really write... I mean, he's such a Mary Sue, right? He's such a cool, tough guy that it's like he can't not be corny. I think even in this carnation, he does a pretty... Incarnation, he does a good job of being uh, pretty funny. Um, my main gripe, if it's really a gripe, because overall I think the, the game is pretty fantastic and a good standard for what a remake should be, um, it is noticeably shorter than the original, and there are some really great segments and set pieces that I really missed out on. You know, I think of the cargo crate fight against the weird boss. Um, So much stuff that obviously they had to cut uh, for space and time, I'm sure. But I would love to see those. Maybe they're DLC in the future or something like that. Because those missions are are really great. And I did blow through the game and I kind of felt like, yeah, I needed a little bit more. Uh, Mercifully, the sort of waterfall room and the entrance to the castle is much more forgiving, I find. But even so, um, it would have been nice to have that segment slightly expanded because it is such a crazy part of the original game that really takes quite a bit of thinking to uh, to get through. Um, regarding the merchant, I initially was appalled at the change. I think that's one of the most imitatable characters in video game history, and we all love the merchant. But I got to say, after playing it and visiting him a few times, didn't even notice it, and I'm fully at peace with it. So, um, what I would love to see, I, I really would like somebody to take another crack at Resident Evil figures, specifically Resident Evil 4. Even if it's NECA, you know, I, I had all those figures. Wish I held on to them, because my god, do they go for a lot of money now. Uh, but it would be great to sort of have a proper, um, you know, action figure line for Resident Evil throughout all the, the sort of, uh, titles in all the years. Now, I know notoriously it's a very difficult license to get approval on. I do think that was on our hit list for Mega Merge back in the day. I don't know that it ever gained any traction or there were any, any, ever any sort of uh, material discussions, but it was one of those ones that I think would have worked great for that format and probably done pretty well, even in an off year where there was not a new Resident Evil game. But uh, in any case, I'm happy the the remake exists, and uh, I'm glad uh, you had some fun with it. Moving on, we got a good question here from Dylan Wheelock. He is obviously anticipating the Goss armor. He wants to know, is the Goss armor grown or built? And the answer to that question is both. The Goss armor is a biomechanical creation. There are living parts to it. It is a suit of armor that humans can wear, but... The, the depth of its intelligence is not known to us, but it is both manufactured and grown. It is uh, quite an anomaly in the world. Moving along, if that gives you bad dreams, well, Lance got a question for you. Do you ever have bad dreams? I have nightmares about once a week. Do you have any theories on why they occur? Uh, yes, i absolutely prone to nightmares. Probably a few times a week I have them. Um, you know... <laughs> How does the uh, Denny Villeneuve Dune movie start out? Dreams are a message from beyond. You know, maybe it's that. I, I do think there is a certain 
catharsis that can happen through dreams. I have been visited by people who have passed away. I usually have a connective dream pretty soon afterwards where I get to sort of talk to these people one last time and it's always uh, granted me a, a feeling of peace when I wake up in the morning. So I do think that there is there's something crucial about why our minds manifest dreams. I think that the term bad dream, you know, might be a little dismissive. I think even a dream that makes us feel unpleasant might have some important ideas or message in them. They might have an urgency. It might feel unpleasant to experience, but it could be an incredibly constructive thing. So, um, you know, I, I don't claim to know. I, I try to be a pretty practical person, and uh, but I have always sort of put a lot of stock in dreams and the subconsciousness. Uh, if you're interested in stuff like this, I really recommend David Lynch's audiobook. I think it's called Catching the Big Fish. Uh, he talks a lot about this stuff, and I, I do think that there is there's a lot of merit to the subconscious and the way the subconscious expresses itself to us. So I would recommend, if this is an interesting discussion, you should check that out. Next up, we have Matt Connolly, who unfortunately will not be joining us at TPC. You all will have to wait another year to hear him freestyle on stage opening for Zed Star 7. Uh, since we are in the Jagged Age, will we see any of those frogs in toy form? He is referring to a old custom that was on my shelf of one of the frog mercenaries. I believe Siva Jack made it out of clay using the hob figure as a base. Um, as of now, there's no plans for that. I, I know everybody wants additional figures from the Jagged Age. Uh, a good indicator that I should do more Jagged Age figures is if the Pike and DeLuca 2-pack sells out, right? Because that was a very ambitious, very expensive 2-pack of figures. So if people buy enough of that, I would have no problem figuring out how to do more Jagged Age figures. And maybe that's something that considers some new tooling or a new figure outright. But uh, as of right now, that's the figure from the Jagged Age. That's the figure 2-pack, rather from the Jagged Age, and if people want to see more, they can push that along by buying that exact figure pack. Next up we have Ian Amling. Uh, I got to thinking about your posts and the progress for Goss. Once you selected the elements from the thumbnail sketches, how did you go about attempting to unify the design? Between the final cut and paste and Gobbly's absolutely astounding illustration, how did you establish visual hierarchy of all these individual... <laughs> blah individual shapes to land on a final figure design. Um, this is a fantastic question. I actually just recorded today a video that that answers all of these questions and more, and I'm gonna make it available very soon, probably within a week's time. This is the sort of homecoming video for the Goss. It's gonna feature some footage of the test shots and pretty much every piece of, you know, pre-production artwork that was put together. It's probably about a, probably about a 10 minute video. Uh, I've been working on editing it and doing the voiceover. I'm gonna have that out soon. And I think that is probably gonna better answer these questions than I could uh, in this form. So be patient and it'll be out there soon. Next up, we have a great question from Brett Barnacle, again, in the Jagged Age. Love that people's heads are there. What forms of magic exist in the Jagged Age? Do we see the arcane arts or even such reviled acts as necromancy explored? Also, can't wait to see more of the Goss armor. Thank you. Um, so, Jagged Age is a world in which magic is outlawed 
profoundly, and there have been mass executions many years ago to keep it that way. The, the wholesale murder of mages and priests and anybody practicing anything remotely occult. Um, so we find ourselves in this era where this might be making a comeback. You know, th this is a, again, this is a setting in flux in a big way. We are seeing these odd artifacts pop up all over the place. And these are represented in the artifact cards from the set. But these are almost alien devices that don't belong in this time period or this timeline. And alongside that, we have possibly a reemergence of the long forbidden magic. We see that with the artifact card for the, uh, what is it, the Spice Tome of Fire. This is a book that does perform a magical act. So something to think about. Um, in an earlier version of Jagged Age, in the animation pitch, uh, magic was color-based. And whether or not that sort of comes to pass in this new iteration of Jagged Age, I think it's, a, it's an interesting idea where we have casters who uh, essentially make shapes out of red or green or blue, and they have a sort of elemental or occult attribution to them. So that is this sort of version of magic that I was working with in previous versions of this story. Um, when we get to the point where we will sort of show off if and who the magic users are, um, I think we can explore that a little bit more. But it, it is interesting, and I, I do think um, the existence of these new artifacts and also the the potential prevalence of new magic users really sets the world of Jagged Age into a lot of chaos, and, and that's going to be fun for us readers. Next up from Quentin Russo, I've had zero dudes ask me about my Night of the Slice pin, but I've had several women curious about it. Any plans for more pins? Um, you know, I'm going to get working on a, a man enticing pin. I want more men asking more men about their jewelry and adornments. I think it's a great way to make a new friend. So I will, I will take this comment at face value and I will develop some sort of man attracting pin and we can all use it and all be, have a magnetic pull towards one another and be forced and coerced into discussing our pins with each other. I think that's that's probably uh, what malehood, whatever that means today, needs, if I'm reading this correctly. Uh, but to the second part of the question, I do have a Goss acrylic pin I'm testing out. And what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to randomly insert those into Goss pre-orders. Um, I think I might actually have exactly 40 of them, so maybe it makes sense to put this into the mega bundle of the uh, Goss armor that we talked about earlier. Uh, if people like that, uh, I would be open to doing more of the acrylic pins because I can get those made... Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, like clear acrylic. It, these are not sort of metal pins, they are clear, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I can get those made domestically, which is great because I've had nothing but headaches making enamel pins overseas, and more often than not, you get something and it doesn't look like what you had ordered at all. So, uh, I'm, I definitely think there could be a potential path for these pins if people like the plastic acrylic ones, and um, there's good feedback about that. But look for that to be revealed sometime soon. Next up from Keith Joy, I got my Jagged Age Kickstarter haul in today, and wow, 
What a set. One card really grabbed my attention, and I can't help but hope for production. Turtle parts. Is the Turtle Lord slash Turtle Cherubium a future possibility, or should I learn to be more delicate with resin and hopefully get my hands on a Grim Elementals Turtle set? Um, many people are talking about the Turtle Lord card. This was me telling Erwin Papa, hey, do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, just get me a, a cool piece of art, maybe a barbarian character, somebody that would fit within the Jagged Age. And that is what Erwin came up with. So I applaud him in his uh, decisions here. Now, whether or not this is feasible as a potential figure, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think, again, uh, Jagged Age, if people want those figures, buy DeLuca and Pike, sell that out, and then I can kind of decide what the right path for more, uh, you know, fantasy-based figures could be. And if there does seem to be a path there and it's financially viable, I do think a Turtle Lord figure would be quite cool. That's something I would like to see. Okay, that does it for Dostazapod. Keep an eye out this week. We're going to have the Goss Armor pre-order. We're going to have a Goss-related production video. And there's going to be the little mini sequential story about the Black Satellite. All these things you need to know. They're super important. Thank you for listening. Pizza out. <laughs>